The Nerd Academy podcast is released weekly at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, available on our website at www.thenerdacademypodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the Nerd Academy podcast, where every donation allows us to bring you more exciting content every week. Figured the red would set the tone for the for the episode. Welcome back to the number one contender podcast, the show where your favorite nerds talk all things movie trivia, schmodown, spectacularly, uh, or specifically the spectacular, which we've come to the end of season eight and corruption one. And uh, we got Travis here, someone who likes to should be green, who likes to naysay, someone who likes to naysay, and we we also have another corruption naysayer in the mix today. Wow. We were joined. By the uh, one and only uh, Frankie Numbers himself, Frank Janish. I'm going to look very heavenly when I switch to the white light, and we're gonna bring that back down. Okay, cool. <laughs> How you guys doing? I didn't realize we're great. Good. I didn't know my drink fit my theme. I just realized <laughs> that. Travis, if you were in house, I absolutely would have done green lights. But I, I, I had to, I had to glow. I had, I have to get my gloating out up top. I'll probably gloat as a little bit as we go. Um, but <laughs> piss off. Uh, but yeah, spectacular has come and gone. It was an incredible time. Uh, I managed to stay spoiler free until Monday. Travis, not so much. Wow, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, normally it's my, own our... it's my own fault, but. Yeah, normally, Frank, our, our <laughs> tradition is that uh, since Travis typically works on Saturdays, normally we just only have to avoid the internet for about 12 hours <laughs> before seeing spoilers. Uh, but Travis had plans that then got canceled because he got sick. So Schmodown Shmo- Spectacular Saturday night wasn't really going to be an option. Uh, so we waited it out until that Monday evening mm. when we started the event at like what ten ten thirty, yeah, yeah. Once you so got like out two days, two days of me was... opening Facebook and remembering just as it all loaded up that like oh it's gonna show me the Facebook group, it's gonna show me something, <laughs> <laughs> which is my own fault. That's like nobody else's fault. Totally my own. Uh, I should know better, but I don't. So. It, it 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 happens. We I, I I'm stunned that I made it out. I I didn't. I'm surprised I didn't get anything spoiled. Because uh, I spent most of my like social media use like if I had to like post something for the podcast, I had like my hand out in front of the screen, and I was like, okay, this. Let me see people's profile pictures. Okay, that's not a Shmodan person. Okay, I'm saying. Um, yeah, it was an incredible event. Uh, we laughed. We cried. Uh, sheets liked our tweet which is always funny to me whenever uh, i make the schmodown and sheets joke and sheets gets in there uh send us free stuff sheets but before (laughs) we get in uh to our recap of spectacular six a quick word from our sponsors at sunday's bloody mary mix uh you guys know sunday's bloody mary has some of the most badass bloody mary accoutrement you can get your hands on 
I am a big fan of the spicy award-winning spicy Caesar mix. Uh, but they also have a mild mix, rim salt, a subscription box, vegan Bloody Mary mix. Uh, they have a holiday bundle going right now for 40 bucks. Uh, they also have some pickled garnishes. They have okra, dilly beans, and uh, pickled asparagus. I like pickled asparagus in my Bloody Marys. That's me. Uh, but yeah, uh, sundaysbloodymary.com slash shop. Use code TNAP, T-N-A-P, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your order, and you'll help out your favorite nerds while you're at it. So, jumping right into the spectacular. Team's championship match, Shazam versus King Kong. Hell of a hell of a match, uh, Travis. As the as I mean, I know everybody here likes Shazam, but who doesn't, Travis? Yeah, who, exactly. Who doesn't? Um, I, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody. I don't know, maybe Christian, but I guess he admitted they're they're great now too. I think but. I think Christian <clears throat> Christian likes Shazam. Oh, I, I just know. don't know I, if he likes him enough, to, or he didn't <laughs> like him enough to put them, uh, you know, at number one of greatest team of all time although i would i would like to think i haven't talked to christian about it um but i would like to think and he did say it's gonna be very hard for him to like deny them the number one spot if they had defended at spectacular which they did and so yeah i'm looking very mm-hmm. forward uh much to uh the conversation where i asked christian where does shazam rank now i'm also looking forward to you asking him that question <laughs> uh <laughs> very much so in See, fact i don't I wouldn't be upset if he was like, oh, they're number two because Patriots six time, yada, you know, the usual. That's fine. But, like, I remember, I, I think it was either backstage or rundown where he said, like, oh, they're just, they've been doing well in the digital era, but they need to do well in, like, yeah. on the podium. And I'm like, they were doing well on the podium. It's not their fault. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a, eh, it's a really weird argument or a stance to take in my opinion, because first of all, they only have two losses, one digitally, one at spectacular for, you know, they got TKO by finding fathers. Okay. That's like their worst loss. Um, but they've won everywhere else in studio, digitally back in studio, back at spectacular. Now, uh, they won in every single format that the showdown has had to play in studio, digital, otherwise. Right. So, uh, they've done it all. Uh, they've played in any kind of you know setting that we can play in, and they're thirteen and two. I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, yeah. That that record is absurd. Like I remember when they were walking out during Spectacular, like looking at that number and like it, it set in for the first time where I was like, mm-hmm. they are they're 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 gods in the team's division like there's just that that's the only way you can put like you know no no shazam puns intended <laughs> yeah, right. but like literally like they're gods in this division they're, they're they're practically unstoppable um and like you said that worst loss at the hands of founding fathers it's the founding fathers <laughs> right yeah if you're gonna have a tough loss and then the other loss is the odd couple which is another yeah. great legendary team you know they did you know they're in rare era as well as, as a team you know winning the titles twice uh with snyder being arguably the greatest teams player of all time um although i think bibiani is making a uh, a push for that now with mm-hmm. this defense so yeah i i agree i agree if it was if it was ever possible there was a part of me especially going into this new era where like the faction stuff is gonna regulate the game a little less uh, or a lot less from everything that I've like heard kind of pitched and discussed, you know, 
there is an opportunity to try to do a little bit of like a hey, what if the Patriots went toe to toe with Shazam type sure. thing, you know? Uh, that like it's it's doable now. Like you can right. actually you can actually pit them against each other. Um, but yeah, Travis, thoughts on uh, the match and its outcome? I couldn't be happier. I mean, I was one of the people going in that was like, I want Shazam to win so bad. But also, I am well aware that Griffin Newman is the most insane rookie this league has ever seen. So it could easily go either way. Uh, I don't think they gave a bad performance, King Arthur. Um, I think they're, you know, still finding their footing. Shazam did the exact same thing they did in their first season. You know, they blasted through the tournament, got to the spectacular, and fumbled the spectacular. So, if anything, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't mean that King Arthur's Road is done, you know, because then look what Shazam went on to do um, mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what King Arthur's going to do, but if I'm King Arthur, if I'm Griffin Newman, I'm King Khan, I can look at that and go, <laughs> yeah, if, you know, we're a team next season, which I think they probably will be. Yeah. You know, they I can bet look on at that. that. Yeah, you can look at what Shazam did and, and other teams as well and go, you know, yeah, we fumbled at Spectacular because above the line was the same was the same way. They went through the tournament, like dominated, right? And then they played the Patriots and then and they lost a tough one. And then they came back and then won it off of them. You know, so there's there's history there that King Con- or King Arthur can look back on and say, Hey, this is a doable even though they are going up against the greatest team of all time, which they openly admitted in that promo, at least Khan did. And yeah. um so if there is an eventual rematch between King Arthur and Shazam, it will be interesting to see how King Arthur plays that game and and uh, you know maybe it'll be more of the same for Shazam. I don't know, but all I can tell you guys is I feel very vindicated about my stance about Shazam being the greatest team of all time because I said it. After Both of they, you should be Both after they should beat be. uh, after they beat your 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 corruption boys there, and um, okay. Okay. you know I was like, look, they defended the title. <laughs> They defended the title. To me, look at their numbers. Uh, they've played digitally in studio again. They defended. What more? What more do you want? And at that time, it was what eleven wins, and so and then and then they knocked out Lightning Time. And I was like, "Come on, people! What, what have I been saying?" And that's when Christian was sort of starting to kind of relent. And now they defend against King Arthur <clears throat> for a second straight defense, which is something only Shirewolves and Patriots have done. Uh, now they're the third team to do that. So and they and they and and they're doing it with the most wins in division history, uh, with the most insane numbers in division history. So how you know? If, I would love to hear an argument against them, which I don't think I'm going to hear unless it comes from the league. But that might not even happen either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I want to be glib and do the thing I do every time we talk about great players and I like find a way to make it either about KO or corruption. I can't like, I, I, I can't do that bit. Like I, even ironically, there's not a part of me that can say that with a straight face. You you cannot deny their supremacy here. And I think that there's a really interesting, like the past couple of years, there have been a handful of rookies that in one season have a legend status. Yeah, that are like immediately acknowledged as like the league's heir apparent, as like the next generation of just powerhouses, and like I watched it happen with uh, Griffey Nunes this season, you know, and King Khan as well. Like Khan to a slightly lesser extent because he didn't go all the way through the tournament, but Nunes, like he, like both on a just the sheer trivia 
and the character work like there is like a like he has cemented himself as a mainstay of the movie trivia showdown in a matter like in a year you know and like we weren't even seeing him all that much until like the back half of the year come time for tournament season you know between the you know spit you know opponent's choice pixar give me the pixar jacket yeah like i think that was the moment that the character of griffey nooms was going to be immortalized like we were always going to have this very flashy villain that we can fall back on and then he had this god tier trivia to back it up he he is just as cemented into this game as some of the season one greats and i think that is incredibly impressive for people who just again beat the living dog shit out of these tournaments (laughs) and that's the only way to put it you know and again everything you've said about shazam i i I agree completely i do think they're the greatest team of all time um you know i think that in a weird way i think that shazam the the argument that uh christian made that like you know they're they're amazing in the digital era but i think the fact that they are as just as dominant yeah. in the digital and the live action live action jesus uh like in person yeah. uh <laughs> i'm crossing streams with the other shows uh that i think that speaks to their uh supremacy on a certain yes. level you know i think there's a lot of teams that either didn't quite have it in the digital era and like travis you've pointed out as well that it took shazam a little bit to get their footing back in the digital era um mm. oh i think they're they... the worse with it yeah, I, I I think you're right, and I think once they climbed that hump, they became just as capable digitally as they are in person or live like, action. We can start putting they struggled. They struggled the most with it, and we're still beating everybody. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> right, right. Because you watch them, not not in the sense of like they were struggling with their play, but they were struggling like they were getting distracted by their internet going out, or distracted by like that technicality of it all and then they're still at the end going oh wait we won hold on <laughs> right so yeah i i'm in, i am incredibly impressed um by their performance here i am so excited for what they're going to do next season um you could say it, uh season eight for shazam was a clean sweep <laughs> there you go look at that <laughs> it's a great plug <laughs> I I'm so glad that we can just go back to salt cat soap bits now. That's my I, I'm holding on to that right here close to my heart. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Unless we have any further thoughts on the teams match. No, nope. I think so. uh, yeah. Star Wars. We said it a thousand times here. I've heard other people say it. Um, Last season it started. This season was the full uh, solidification of Star Wars no longer being like this fun niche novelty division. Um, it has always been my favorite division for obvious Star Wars reasons. Um, and it was like the vehicle I've used to get a lot of other people like casually into the Schmodown is showing them Star Wars matches. Uh, because like, and like we said before, you know, like there's the, like for us and like Travis, our friends trying to like, you know, show like Spencer or Joel the Schmodown, mm-hmm. they would come home for like spring or holiday break right as either 
the collision right right as either celebration or collision or the spectacular were all either happening when they came home so it was like oh hey this star wars trivia thing is on we will show them this and we'll all have fun watching it um but then like the new era came and it became like an actual like beating heart division with the tournament and everything same thing this season only now there is such a heightened level of absurd play and the fear that it would become stagnant and then holy shit andrew demolanta from the top rope you know battles it out with uh damon damon gets his rematch and we, we get all the way here where the belt has changed hands two or three times depending on how you count it you know that like it started with Alex, went to De- uh, Demolanta, and now Thomas Harper, who maintains yeah. it. I, I it it was so weird because like part of me, like as a fan of Alex's YouTube channel, wanted like there was a part of me that was like I always want to see Alex Damon with that belt, but as a fan of the Star Wars division, I realized he needs to lose it, <laughs> and yeah. like like it was a growing pain for the Star Wars division and. It I, it changed everything, and I I could not be happier with the season we got in Star Wars. Um, I th- I think our first like three episodes of this podcast are like accidentally dedicated to like the logistics of how much better the division would be if Alex loses, and how that isn't possible. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, every time Star Wars would come up, we're like, "Yeah, man, I love Star Wars as a division." It just is boring to watch when you know Alex is going to sweep whoever gets to him at the championship. And, you know, a long way we've come. And it's just been wild to watch. And, you know, Frank is like the, you know, actual like main sports analyst commentator. I'd love to hear your thoughts of Star Wars up to this point and now where we are post-spectacular. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with, with Alex kind of holding it down for the you know the division up until last season i think you know looking back on it, it was pretty important because you know it gave you this this monolith of you know of greatness whereas if the belt was kind of like changing hands a lot then it's like uh, well you know who are these people and um it kind of gave you you know like the central figure to keep your eye on like just this mainstay like and it kind of and it built up this legend status around him and and then I think what that did was make the infusion of all the talent that we got this year and last year, um, you know, starting with last year, much more exciting. You know, can Alex Damon, you know, hold on to this belt with all the surge of of new talent that's coming in there? And what did he do? He did. And then this year, um, we got more talent, and it's like, oh, can he hold it down again? And then you know, it was it wasn't a you know a new player that took the belt off of him. It was, you know, someone who had been in for a little bit, who had been after it for a while, who kind of built up their own story and Andrew DiMolanta, and he was able to take it off of him and then defend it against him. And so I think Star Wars has, the division itself has built itself pretty nicely, albeit kind of a slower pace just due to the volume of matches we would play back in the day. Um, yeah. And that all changed last year and this year. And it's been really exciting to see new players come in and the elevation of play um, has just been psychotic. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. It's just really insane what, what these people know um, and the show that they're able to put on, you know, displaying all that knowledge. And then, you know, for Thomas Harper, 
a phenom to come in as Dragon Con player. You know, it was touted. You know, Dragon Con players are going to come in and wreck shop. And for the most part, you know, they adjudicated themselves very well. But it was Thomas Harper that you know stands with the belt. He sits with the belt right now. And it's I think it's a very well. Captain hard Rex thing. is currently wearing well. The belt, sure, it is yeah, he's donning the belt. But yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think it's it's a very tough thing for a player to come into this league with all the hype in the world and then actually live up to it. You know, I mean, you look at Robert Parker, you know, he he just finally got to his title shot this year, which is saying something because last year was his first year and and now it's, you know, in his second year. Isn't that crazy? Know. Yeah. Isn't that so, crazy? I I I you could have that occurred to me that night too, where I was like, yeah, Parker's been around for like three years i'm like no no like this is we're, we're just finishing his sophomore season right right and, it, and it's players who come into the league with expectations or even when you look at teams you know founding fathers danger zone um you look at shire wolves you know these teams all had um things placed upon them of, of greatness placed upon them before they even played a match that we all assumed even yeah. I think to an extent Wolves of Steel back in the day with Clark Wolf and Mark Riley when they formed were like oh well Mark Riley's the singles champ Clark Wolf is you know out the gate red hot you know they're gonna they're gonna win the belts and they didn't and then finally Fathers you know they finally got the job done there Danger Zone came up short this year Shire Wolves I mean they had a whole different set of things placed upon them and they lived up to it defended the belt um, very tough to come into a league with greatness um, expected of you, and then to actually live up to it and deliver on it is a, is another thing entirely. And I think what Thomas Harper did this year is was really special. Um, the Star Wars division as a whole, what the, what it did was really special to watch. A lot of stars were built there. I mean, just look at how much we're talking about Nikki DiMolanta, you know, or you know, talking about Zach Burkett, Marie Wilson, Laura Kelly, you know. I mean, and like the list goes. Like everyone you mentioned in the Star Wars division is someone notable. Like, like yeah. you look at Gold Leader. You know, like I'm getting further and further down the list, and I'm still bringing up people that you're just like, oh my god, they're so great. Um, and division is just that division is just filled with superstars all around. I think that, and then again, like Travis, going back to us talking about like the state of the Schmodown at the beginning of the season, and again, like this is fun because like this is like our like first season covering the Schmodown with number one contender. You know, we started at the very beginning of the year, and like you said, the first there's a giant chunk of episodes at the very beginning, which is dedicated to us talking about how, you know, as much as I love it, and you're but you're right, Star Wars has kind of stagnated. No, it's an actual living, breathing division now, but there's one person who seems unbeatable. And inner geekdom feels like a goddamn free for all <laughs> where it like every time you blink, someone else is the new inner geekdom champion. You know, it's KO, it's Smets, it's Chandru, it's, you know, it, you know, Parker's coming up. Oh God, what's going to happen? Like there's like, it's changing, it's changing hands and kind of this weird game of hot potato between two people. Uh, a little bit there for a second as well. So it's just going all over the place. And I think there's something really interesting. And I kind of pointed this out to you Monday night, Travis, when we watched was that star Wars and inner geek them kind of like rubbed off on each other in terms of how they started the season where star Wars in a more entertaining way than I think inner geek them was at the beginning of the season 
feels kind of like a free for all now. And like, in, like you just said, Frank, like every name you just listed in my mind, I'm like, there's a, there's a potential for them to be belted. Yeah. There's a potential. Like everybody, I'm like, I can see Gold Leader and Marie and Dimmy and, you know, Zach Raquette, Arsenal, all of them with a yeah. belt at some point in Star Wars at this point. And in her geekdom, and I can and again we'll get to the inner geek to match in a minute here. Like has a has a person to beat now. You yeah. know? And it, and it and it's fun that like the man to beat in KO can be beaten. You know, like we've seen over the course of his career, he bleeds, but right now he is at the top of his game. So how hard do you have to push yourself to draw his blood? Whereas with Star Wars, it feels like, okay, we have this one guy who's a freight train, but we've seen him flinch. So who in this pool of all of these people who are just, you know, very strong in the trivia force, who can do it? I love that they kind of flip-flopped and in the perfect way and with like a little, like they didn't go too far in the direction that how they started this season. That's me, of course, or how I felt about it. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, Demi, I... I don't know what the hell happened last night. Um, like I opened Twitter and I saw like a handful of like even Schmodown people. Yeah. I think even Mike was like, Hey, Schmodown people, what the hell happened? Cause a yeah. lot of people are angry and I don't know why. Um, under no circumstances. Can you question whether or not uh, Nikki DiMolanta deserved the spot at the spectacular and, or at a place in the tournament that got her there? This woman is a freight train. She is a one-woman trivia army. Like I don't, I don't care what logistical bullshit you're going to use to justify questioning her supremacy. Like, I we, we watched her put Alex Damon in the ground in a tournament. Like, <laughs> I was, I was like binging the last couple matches I needed to be caught up for number one contender that week. And I had Travis, like we were in the stream yard, hadn't started recording yet. And Travis is watching me watch the match. Like I come into With, the call and he just goes, like he's he's realizing what's about to happen. He's like, he loses. He loses. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was insane. Like if that is not one of the moments of the year in any capacity at the Schmodown Awards, I'll be stunned. Uh, granted, there's a whole lot of so, upsets and moments of the year to go around this season, but if it's not nominated, Jesus. Um, so, uh, so, so now it's Nikki on the like. Actually, they shouldn't have been here. Like, you, everyone's doubting them. Train is that what's happening now? From what I understand, somebody else with an after show, like Tom Harper, said something about that. Something that kind of indicated that Nikki backed out of a match. And that's why we got Harper v. Uh, uh, Adam Witt. And that, like, her backing out of the match was, like, disqualifying to get a... And I was like, we don't know any of the circumstances. We don't know how much of that is just Tom Harper talking shit, for, like, because kayfabe, you know, or, mm. like, other circumstances that may have caused that. Like... There can actually oh, yeah. absolutely be a situation where, like, yeah, maybe she backed out of a match and had a damn good reason for it. Like, they couldn't get a babysitter that day. Yeah, like, there, it doesn't make for good shit talk 
to be like, Nikki felt like crap that day, and she couldn't even keep her head up because she felt like shit, and then she backed out of my match. Well, let me tell you, little Miss Head Cold, like, you don't sound badass. You, like... Well- like, me, keep it vague and make it sound like she ran away from you. Like, of course he's going to make it sound like that. Well, I listened to uh, that that clip of uh, Thomas Harper bringing that up. And it wasn't like he said that um, Nikki – he didn't outright say that, like, Nikki dodged him or backed out of the match. Yeah. It, he, he more or less said that they were supposed to play. It didn't happen. And he said there's a world in which – you know, I ended her. I end her season. You know, right there and then in July. Well, there is also another world in which, if they did play, Nikki ends his season. So it goes yeah. both ways. It, it goes both, and that's a three round match. So you never know, right? Yeah, you never know. Uh, with that, with that out of the way, um, the way it seemed to me, the way it was interpreted by this other person was that Nikki, you know, bailed at the last minute, and so. It, so that Adam Witt had to step in with short notice. Look, I don't know what the timetable was between when it was confirmed that Nikki wasn't going to be playing Harper and then when Witt was going to instead take that spot. I don't know yeah. what the time frame of that was. I don't know what, you know, it might have been said that Nikki, um, I'll probably not be able to play Thomas Harper um, and then you know, we go, then the league comes back. It's like, oh, is Nikki ready to play? And it's like, oh, you know what? We can't do it, blah, 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 for whatever reason. And stuff like that happens all the time. I saw Rachel Cushing's tweet. Players, you know, you know, there's a match lined up for them, and then something comes up, or they're just not ready, or what have you. I didn't um, see the Rachel weighed in. Yeah, and so, one. you know, ton of ton of players, you know, have, have matches. Hey, this is who I think you're going to be playing. And they go, okay, and then it comes time to, like, kind of confirm it, and they go, sorry, I can't. Um, for whatever reason, and it doesn't matter what the reason is. It can be even it. It could very well be that I just don't want to play this person because I'm not ready to play them, which is a completely legitimate reason in my mind. Um, yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, also, Chandru had a great tweet out there about you know. Remember, everyone knows that Mike was lined up to play Chandru, and he opted to go play in the tournament instead, right? And so you can do that. Like if you you feel like there's a better situation for you as a player and it's available to you that route, then then take it if you need to take it. And so – and Mike got – you know, people were kind of being like, oh, did Mike dodge Chandra? Did Mike dodge Chandra? I I mean personally I think he did and I think it's fine because he felt like Chandra was probably the better player at that point. And Mike said, you know, what's better for my game, what's better for my faction is to go play in the tournament. It makes sense. Um, and obviously it worked out very well for them in that tournament. It was, a, it was a corruption invitational at the end with him and Chance. So you can't knock the results of that decision that he made to not play Chandra in that number contender match. Just like you can't knock Nikki for whatever reason not playing Harper because she ended up running through the tournament and getting herself a title shot. Yeah, So exactly. You know, and I agree with you completely. And I, as much as I've seen people like rag on Mike – for potentially dodging Chandru, like again, whether it was I don't feel confident playing him or the I can rack up more points going through this tournament for corruption, whichever version of that story like you want to accept as his like actual rationale for that, I haven't seen those kinds of clips pop up about Mike. Right, and that was the other you point. Know? It's like we didn't hear this about you know Mike. You know, yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I was I wasn't trying to like get super in the weeds about that, but like talking about. Demi, mm-hmm. 
like she's a monster, you know, like, and it was just so funny. Cause like, and this isn't a slight at her or that like anybody was like necessarily underestimating her. Um, but I don't think there was anybody who could have expected this. Right. You know, where whenever she was on, like, oh, and like, <laughs> Demolanta's wife who helps train him. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's fun. And it's like, what do you mean she helps train you? Homie, I think she's better than you. <laughs> this is insanity. <laughs> like, what do you mean she trains you? Like, you just kept this monster, like, behind the camera this whole time? You what sleep the on the hell? couch if you don't come within five points of my score. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, it was insane. Like, I just, it, it blew me away. Like, she literally came out of nowhere with this insane power. And, like, Travis and I, but we, we both bet on Demi. Like, I think that was the only, I missed two matches when we did, like, the little prediction card things. Uh, just yes. because I was always going to bet on John, uh, no matter what, with that match. But, like, I I didn't know what to expect, you know, and I, I can't wait for Star Wars next season. I can't wait to see what Tom Harper does next. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see who his next opponent is. Uh, I am still like, again, like I, I, I want to see the plot line I was talking about uh, come to fruition that the Star Wars tournament story wrote itself of Alex like plowing through all of these people he's had to face before, like, you know, like, you know, defeating uh, his wife who helps train him, you know, going on to defeat, you know, Laura Kelly, if she had won her side of the bracket. And then, you know, he on the Schmodown stage takes his belt back from uh, um, Thomas Harper. Like it's very dramatic and very, you know, Rocky four, he's fighting his way back up the mountain and then whatever. Um, so I really do want to see uh, Alex and Harper go to blows. Like that's my big hope for yeah. next season. Uh, and I want, I like, I really want to see an Alex who is like taken the defeat and like really honed in on it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, Star Wars was incredible. Um, what was, Oh, inner geekdom. Of course. I couldn't remember if it was goat belt or IG first, but I'm, going off of memory it is ig next yeah, right yeah i'm yeah. going crazy okay cool oh man this one had me sweating for a little bit uh <laughs> yeah but to be fair you sweat the moment mike misses a question so this is also true so you haven't sweating bullets after that first round i was, was. <laughs> you should have seen uh the obscenities i was screaming at my tv watching the uh moses match uh I was having a moment. Like I said, like I never understood how people like yell while they watch sports on TV. And then I got into the schmodown and now I get it. Uh, yeah, this was, this was a, this was a nail biter. Um, when they got into sudden death, uh, they got to the game winning question. Uh, and also I just love that Mike is, has, uh, defended the belt now two times in a row upon winning a star Wars question. Uh, I feel like that is yeah. thorough redemption for Cruiser, Cruiser Ninko. Uh, <laughs> right. Which made me scream very loudly. Uh, but whenever they ask, like, who says there's a disturbance in the Force and Empire? And I, I immediately went, Palpatine! Like, very, like, exasperated, like, holding onto my chair. 
eyes wide open. And I heard <laughs> once Parker said Vader, I like leaned back real hard. No, I was standing at that point and I had my hands like in the rafters in the studio. I was like, come on, come on. Oh man, that was so good. It was so good. I was so happy. I went ape shit. Uh, Travis, uh, thoughts on the spider getting squashed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the whole match should have been erased. He had an unfair question. Um, none of that <laughs> we all know this. They're getting did... into Black Widow Gate. Black Widow Gate. That did off put me a little bit. I'm pretty sure, like, we got to the end, and like, I think he would have still because again, you don't know what kind of question he would have gotten in its place, and he wasn't yeah. doing great in Marvel, so it still could have been. Even if it was a question, Mike didn't steal. Uh, I, the points are still off when they get, you know, into round five that he could have still lost. So it's not that like, oh, if he had a different question, it would have been completely different. We don't know that. Um, I think that threw him off a little bit in round two. Clearly yeah. not enough to deter him. You know, usually that would have cemented the match right there. Yeah. Um. But I, I think, and, you know, we, We've all talked about it. How he was supposed to be this powerhouse. He loses in the tournament last season. Come, you know, he's had to come back and earn his way back up three times now. Um, I, I think it's because he just does so much better live that the fact that he hasn't be, been able to do that as much has really hindered him. You know, like he's talked about it. Uh, we and we've seen it where that again that would have completely tanked him in a digital match. Yeah, he would he would yeah, have lost on the spot. Uh, this, you know, he roughed his way through round two. Got back with Kaiser, and Kaiser's like, "Hey, you're good. You know, that was a little rough. You're not behind by that much. You can take this back in the betting round and the speed round if you're careful." And that was enough. You know, he they went back into round five. I think tied. Yeah, they were Question tied. Mark? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he took it all the way to sudden death. I, I think he's ready to try again, you know? Yeah. I think... Uh, I, I was this... just going to say, I think by the time they ended that match, I think if you if they asked Parker, they would have just started a new match right there. <laughs> he was, like, ready to go right then and there, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, this, this match um, is definitely one of the more, I think, in Shmoda, or uh, in Spectacular history, one of the best matches we've ever had in spectacular history. It's definitely one of the most um, insane inner geekdom matches of all time, in my opinion, uh, given the fact that it is that spectacular and that Mike was going for a, another defense. Um, Parker's this up-and-coming star in inner geekdom. And all the, the ups and downs of this of this match, you know, first round was Parker, second round didn't go so great for him, was looking good for Mike at that point. And then Mike kind of leaves the door open just a little bit in the betting round, betting two instead of three, the way Parker did, which was kind of perplexing to me, given the way Mike played in in his round with the movie quotes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the speed round, um, Parker able to tie it up and set it into that final round. And then the misses on these five pointers uh, was just, you know, gut-wrenching stuff because Parker misses and you go, oh, Mike's got a shot to, to win it here. And... Yeah, when you when you look at the question that Mike got, sure he has a one in five shot compared to Parker's one in like a zillion in terms of combination of words that could you know that could be said uh, that you know that they're looking for as an answer. Um, 
all that aside, you know, they missed their fives and we're into sudden deaths. And you go, oh, well, look how Parker played in that first round. Mike was the first one to miss in that in that first round. And it's kind of the same deal with sudden death. So you go, maybe Parker can take it home. And, you know, they both missed a couple questions on the same question. And well, that's the same reason why I started sweating bullets. It went six that questions deep. the same deep. reason why I got freaked out because he missed yeah. first in round one. I didn't mean to cut you off. I sure. apologize. But your, your logic, I agree. Yeah. And so I, yeah. <laughs> you go six questions deep and it's the Vader Palpatine thing. And it's just, and I, and, you know, being there in the, in the, in the venue, I couldn't quite hear the whole question. So I wasn't sure um, what the answer they were looking for. So when Parker goes Vader and Mike goes Emperor, I'm like, oh, are we, are they both wrong? Or because when they're both wrong, they both had the same answers. And I was like, is this it? And then Christian goes, and you're a winner. I'm like, oh crap. I don't know who's right here because i don't know i couldn't i didn't hear the full question and just like oh and i watched back that moment maybe what yesterday i think and uh, actually this morning um i just the call from christian and parker having to sit through that i mean there's like a brief second i think right there for parker where he's like did i win or did i lose like He's going through all the, those wave of emotions where for a split second, maybe he thought that he won like for a split second. And then Christian says, and still, and it's just such a deflating uh, response from Parker to watch, but complete jubilation on Mike's part, just pure excitement and joy. Yeah. Um, man, what a finish to that match. I mean, it was up and down. It's one of the, it's one of my, definitely one of my favorite intergeekdom matches of all time. Definitely one of my favorite spectacular matches of all time. Um, Man, that was just – and it was match of the night. It was match of the night for me and I think a lot of other people as well. Just a lot of fun to watch because both of those guys put on a great show aside from answering insane movie trivia. They put on a great show, you know, jabbing back and forth and being very animatic up there um, on stage was what the Schmodown is really all about. The theatrics, the jabs, the, the trivia level, um, the excitement, the ups and downs. I mean this match had it all and it really encapsulated what the Schmodown – embodies and, and aims to put out there and these guys put on one hell of a show and i could not be more thrilled um what we got from that match and you know look congrats to the greatest in player of all time mike kalinowski he did it again yes he did he certainly <laughs> did and he paid homage to recent retiree john roca by announcing to an audience full of people that he was getting laid that night that's um, right i forgot roca did that in orlando Oh right? my no! It's like my favorite thing when I'm trying to like pitch somebody about the Schmodown. I'm like, and then John Roca, this fucking mad lad, like, <laughs> and, like and like like my two like my two favorite things would be like to explain the the pro wrestling stuff. I always bring up Roca, and I use two examples. I talk about the promo he cut whenever like Founding Fathers lost the one match. Handed the now I'm pissed off now I'm coming for you bitch at Bibiani, <laughs> yeah. um, which again I understand why y'all don't cuss on the Schmodown anymore. But every time that video pops up in my I Snapchat know. memories, I'm like, oh, to hear Roka call somebody a motherfucker again. But <laughs> I know then, there's a moment in the uh, the Merle Roka promo where Roka's like, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit." We had to bleep out the bullshit. And yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man, I, I get it, but I wish we could have kept it. But it is what it is. Sponsors oh yeah, I mean, it granted, Dewberry like, ruined it immediately. Uh, somebody, somebody dropped a bomb. No, 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 no. It was uh, Matt Nost. 
Oh, okay. He's no sort of games like it's John fucking Roca. Uh, and then I show them the uh, him going. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna make sweet sweet love to Lady Outlaw. And I'm like, <laughs> I love this man so much. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy um, with with Mike's line. I was like, oh, what are you doing? This is okay. <laughs> this is classic. I, no, it was great. It was classic for sure. It was. It yeah, was, it, it was great. It, it was an iconic moment. And, like, the juxtaposition of it, I'm going to say something Parker can't. I'm going to go up and have sex with my manager. I mean, Parker can say it. But I don't even want to do it. Yeah, it's Parker not. can say it. I, <laughs> I almost choked up my burrito when he said it. I, I was dying. but And you know what's funny is I I could tell where we were going or Mike was going. And he's like – I'm like – when he said this is something that Parker – can't do or say and i was like oh no 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 is he going where i think he's going and then he says the line i'm like oh boy he did he did go there all right oh my god see like again like as much as i would have loved to have like watched this live i would have ruined the recording because you would have heard me honking with laughter like just absolutely wheezing and hacking because i that shit's so funny It, it, it was it was incredibly played um but again, like I don't, I would not be surprised if like next season we see Parker with a belt. Sure. I think, I think they're like obviously we're going to see Mike belted next season because he's going to start the season belted. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about his return, but like Kevin's going to be belted again. I like, I, I told Travis when he left, I was like, I'm going to be real with you right now. I don't want to see the belt leave Mike's shoulder. But son of a bitch, if it's Kevin Smith that takes it away from him, I will, I will clap yeah. at the end of that round five. You know, I will, I will be cheering. Or four, or or round four. You never know. <laughs> there could be. Hey, I think mathematically <laughs> it still good. works out. The I, I gave you that one. I just... Yeah, I mean, you walked right into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did face first. I'm just stepping on rakes. Uh, but you know, I I would be okay to see him lose it to Smets when he comes back. But yeah. like, I will not be surprised if Robert Parker's belted next season, man. Like he's coming for it. He's like he again, like Travis said, like he has these moments, and in a weird way, to compare him to his namesake, you know, very much like Spider Man. Like when he wins, he wins, and he wins most of the time. When he loses, it is ugly and hard to watch you know like it's just kind of like the thing for that character and he's kind of lived up to the name of the spider with the last name parker you know is like when he's win he when he wins he wins and he wins hard but the losses are always devastating um because of that you know incredible win rate uh but yeah no i agree again for obvious biases it was probably my favorite match of the night uh but yeah, this was this was good shit. This was good shit, and yeah. uh, congratulations to everybody involved, uh, and to uh, the greatest inner geekdom player of all time, Mike the Killer Kalinowski. He forced uh, us all to say it. He forced our hand. I've just it's I've just had so much fun this season. You know, I again like we had our block of like the middle chunk of the year yeah. of number one contender episodes. Where I'm like doing math to figure out if Kurochi can work its way out of the hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we got they there. They did. We got there. We made it happen. Uh, penultimate match. You got to use the word. Uh, the GOAT title. Dan Merle versus John Roca. 
Uh, I really, really loved the kayfabe and pomp and circumstance going in. And then I think they got about five questions into the match itself. Still hyper serious, still like really, really, really laying it on thick character wise. And then it just became two bros being dudes, and it yeah. was really sweet and fun to just watch them kind of bullshit on stage well, together. I think, I think we realized the match kind of got out of hand a little earlier than anticipated, uh, or at least it felt that way at least when I was watching it. And I go, yeah, this is more of just a a thank you type of match for for Roca, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to you know this slugfest uh, that it very well could have been, but uh, it really just turned into more of. Um, Let's go up here and have some fun. Go old school, and uh, you know, two two legends of the game going at it, uh, and it was fun to watch. It was just fun to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very heartwarming. Uh, Watching them both look at the wheel and just wince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like my, my. I think this is the last time I get to use this clip this season. F- you, you fucking wheel. Fuck you, God. Wow. <laughs> it's a great clip thank you i i don't know if that was an episode lon wrote or not but <laughs> lon writes for that show uh fun little six degrees of schmodown on kevin bacon but yeah it was just really sweet to watch and like you said travis both of them just looking at it going oh <laughs> like I, I all that was missing was like both dan and john looking right at mark and uh christian going Where's Spielberg and or Westerns, please? <laughs> <laughs> right. You couldn't have thrown us a bone? Like, even a sliver of a bone? Uh, yeah, it was really sweet. And, like, the, I don't know, for lack of a better word, ceremony afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. everybody chanting Roka's farewell speech. You know, Dan giving him the OG belt, which, like, regardless of who won, I do think it belongs with Roca. I think I think Roca's home is where that belt belongs. You know, I don't. I have a hard time not saying that modern Schmodown as it is does not exist without John the Outlaw Roca. Yeah, in many many ways. You know, he was one of the forerunners for like introducing studying the character work. You know, I. I it was just really heartwarming. You know, he was, he's absolutely one of my favorite players and it hurts me to see him go. Uh, as I was telling Frank before we started, uh, Travis was right. I was weeping. Um, it just got me. Kept, like, it was just. You kept friendship. saying, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I might cry a little bit. I think there's a chance I might cry. And I'm like, Jared, you're going to weep. He's going to come out. He's going to come out and you're going to tear up. But then at the end of the match, you're going to be flooding the studio. That's just how it works. It's just, man, friendship and just like people loving each other makes my heart happy. You know, it just, I got, I got overwhelmed with how like kind and sweet everybody was being to John and how like, like, and seeing John take it all in. Like there's a, there was just something so wholesome and pure there. And like the fact that it was like, and I, I don't mean this as a slight, but you're seeing like a room full of middle-aged dudes just being really raw and open with each other. Like it was just so beautiful and wholesome, you know, like it's, it was just so sweet. It was absolutely one of my highlights of the night, just seeing everybody 
tell Roka they loved him and how loved he felt in that moment. It was just so sweet. I loved it a lot. I was, I was crying so much. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was like, oh man, I'm so sad. I'm never going to get to see Roka play again. Or if it was like being kind of in the moment and feeling the love in the room, watching it or some combination therein and what percentage of which got me, but it, it got me good. It got me good. Yeah. Thank you. Outlaw indeed. I do uh I do want to give a little a tiny shout out to uh the editor of the promo um, cuz I I did have um a little hand in putting that together but the guy who really made the magic happen was one uh gold leader um he uh Oh neat. Yeah, he uh he put that one together for us and uh he just killed it right out of the park. You know, we, we, we sent him some like notes of like structure and stuff like that. And we're like, Hey, this is what we're thinking. And then he took that and just ran with it and brought it to another level. Um, I think that was my favorite promo of the night. It just encapsulated John and Dan's story so well, I thought. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I love, I love that story that, that we were able, we were able to put together for this match. And, uh, it's a great story that John and Dan have that they share, and um, yeah, um, yeah. So major props to to Gold Leader for uh, helping us out with that one because uh, it was it, phenomenal. On some level, it makes it even sweeter that it came out of the exchange. Yeah, too. yeah. Which like, which I kind of like too, actually. You know, and I was like, this is this is nice too because he really built John and you know built a lot of um, good relationships over there with those guys that they drafted, and you know, Gold Leader being a rookie as well uh, amongst the plethora of <laughs> rookies they had over there. Um, but I think More it was, it was, it was really cool. I think in the end that, you know, someone from the exchange, um, you know, could, could put that together for, for John, um, and help us with that for the show. So, uh, yeah, just incredible job done by him. Yeah. And like Roka's character arc, like there's an actual character arc here where, you know, he is arch rivals with Dangerous Dan Merle. They're allies, they're friends, they're partners. You know, there is the, like, I don't know if it was mild healification of Roka and Dan that, like, gave him the opportunity to cozy up to Finstock, or if, like, Finstock got, like, a mini redemption arc to become, like, a mate like not a baby face but a maybe face right <laughs> that's good like yeah thank you <laughs> i accidentally came up with that but like he like that became a thing and then like seeing roca latch on to tom dagnino as a manager like that's such a really cool arc for him to like end his run in the movie yeah. trivia shimona being managed by tom dagnino having like, you know, teammates with JTE having raised up this like new generation of rookies. Like it it's it's almost like like Luke Skywalker in of that like, you know, like I didn't end it where any of us thought I would, sure. but look at the legacy I leave behind. Right, right. You know, and I think that's a great way to put it with with John and like his his journey through the Schmodown. Um yeah, who would have ever thought that, you know, two of the three people that were his nemesis so early on in his career with top 10 Patriots that he would be teamed up with them to end his career. Um, yeah. Who saw that coming? 
It's just so good. Like I like I yeah. like Travis and I have said a thousand times before, you can't make a movie about the movie trivia showdown and not either have Dan Merle or John Roca be the main character up yeah. to this point. Like this is how it works, and it made me very happy. Uh I'm gonna save a question I have about the exchange for you until the end. Uh talking a little bit about Schmodown Award season sure. at the end here. Uh our final match of the night, Marisol McKee versus uh downtown Griffey Nooms. This was uh this is the big one, you know, and again, like spectacular last season was fun it was great there was a part of me that was a little disappointed (laughs) that corruption won because another team lost okay you know i wanted to see it didn't have to be as down to the wire as this season which (laughs) stressed me out uh you know it didn't have to be this big buzzer beater moment for corruption to win the faction race, but I wanted them to win because they mathematically pushed themselves over the line. So getting to see like the anticipation of it is down to the exchanges, best fighter and corruption's best fighter. And all of the marbles are on the line. Let's let everybody's, you know, leashes off. And send them in there to duke it out. That added so much drama to this match. You know, and Travis, you know, like you and I have both had that, like, again, like I have been cheering on Marisol every step of the way because obvious corruption reasons, but also I think she's a great player. I love her bit, I love her style. Um, this match scared me because in both of her title matches up to this point, uh, she is consistently given ground in round one. You know, like yeah. the thing that brought her back home to get the belt from Ethan Irwin was that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle steal, which I maintain also is in the running for moment of the year. Uh, just that like for ex- like very extreme circumstance that that steal gave her the latitude to win it. And it was Ninja Turtles from Ethan Irwin, uh, which is just cool. But I was super afraid going into this one that like that maybe one or two questions left on the table was going to spell doom for her. Uh, I'm very glad I was wrong though. Uh, And, you know, again, I had my money on her because I was always going to bet on her, but I was nervous. I was very nervous, but she she took the day. And uh, again, I granted again, this is her sophomore season, but you know, not a obviously not a rookie, but still a very fresh new player. Um, you know, I think as a player, she and Adam Collins both do still kind of have that new car smell, uh, as it were. I, this is so good. Like, 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 just seeing a newer player like be this force of nature, and you know, uh, have this moment to like really put uh, Finstock's dossier strategy uh, up against uh, the best that there was to offer. Travis, thoughts on the uh, title match? I once again, I, I think the day I finally say 
Yeah, Marisol's got this in the bag. He's the day she's going to lose. I think that's how it's going to go. Because, <laughs> and it's never been against her. I've never, you know, I at least I don't think I've ever like openly been like she doesn't have what it takes. Marisol McKee doesn't have what it takes. She'll never be a champion. She's not going to do whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah, she's really good. She's she's up there. Um, I I you never counted her out. You just put your money on the other person. Yeah, like I definitely when she played for the title, like when she played to win the title, there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if she's ready for a championship match yet. Right, like how. I, I don't think Parker would have been ready if he got to it in his first season. I, you know, Griffey Nooms even felt a little shaky in this match that maybe he should have done some other matches before the tournament just to like mentally prep himself to get there. Um, there's like a moment where a, a player is ready where they're like, I, I'm going to get this title. I'm ready to play in this title shot. And because I hadn't been closely following Marisol's career, it had kind of been happening in the background while I focused on other things. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if she's quite there yet. Maybe she's got to, you know, she might lose this and then work her way back up, you know, as most all-time greats do. And then she proved me wrong. I went, okay. (laughs) And then Chance got up there and I'm like, I think Chance is ready. I think Chance is at that point. He's ready. He wants that singles belt. And she proved me wrong again. And then watching the tournament, I'm wide-eyed at Griffey Nooms going, this is the greatest rookie to ever play singles. He's insane. He's unstoppable. I think he's ready. And she proved me wrong again. And next season, she's going to go up. I don't, you know, whoever's ready to take the belt from her next season. And I'm finally going to say, she's got this locked up. You know, I can't, I can't argue with two defenses. <laughs> she's got it in the bag and she will get KO'd in round three somehow. You know, <laughs> Well, keep, well, first of all, keep that mess around, away away from corruption, please. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible. I don't, uh, but I, I don't. I don't ever want to see that happen again in my life. <laughs> Just keep those championship KOs away. But um, yeah, absolutely impressed with both of them. I think Newman's going to hold a belt next season at some point, whether it's teams or singles. I think he's more than capable. Um, I would not be surprised by that. We both kind of said it. We've said it all season, but we said it last night. He's just Bobby Gucci if Bobby Gucci was good at trivia. <laughs> I mean, you're not far off, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's going to continue this storm in the next season. I think that Marisol is going to continue her storm in the next season. You know, she's just keeps proving that she is deserving of that belt, and she is one of the best players to ever play in this game. Um She's one match away from her auto rematch. Yeah. That's like not only uh, Thomas was like the first defense and it was all defenses that, you know, Saturday night, but it was only Thomas that was getting his first one. Everyone else, you know, Mike and Shazam won their auto rematches. And now Marisol just has to beat one more person, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, which for me means I can breathe a little bit whenever I'm like in Marisol player. I'm like, okay, it's okay if we lose here. Because we got a second chance. It's all fine. It's okay. It's fine. It just means that we have to get angry at each other twice when Kevin beats him twice. You know? That's just how it's going to go. (laughs) That was good. Uh, Frank, thoughts on the main event? Yeah, I loved it. Um, 
just an incredible performance all around from Marisol. Um, she's really she's really taken a hold uh, of of the league at large, and you know she's the face. She's you know she's the person at the at the mountaintop right now. Um, and when I, th- I thought you know her presence um, really commanded you know that we all recognize what we're about to witness and what she's all about and what she's done. And it's, it was very, it was really, really cool to watch um, her just own the moment and own that stage and walk up there. Like, you know, players go, you know, there's been champions in the past that go into a match. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Mike wasn't super confident about defending against Parker um, I think he actually said to me after after the fact, he goes, I think you had more confidence in me than I had in myself because uh, I had picked him to win the match. And I, and I But with Marisol, it just seems like she walked in there knowing she's the champ, believing she's the champ, uh, knowing that she can stay the champ, that she would stay the champion, um, and and having that type of mentality going up against someone like Griffin Newman who's undefeated uh, at that point in single 7-0. and something that she was trying to do in her season to go 7-0 in a season um, to match that. And, you know, on top of that, defend the belt for the second time. On top of that, win the faction title. So there's so much that she was walking into that were on her shoulders, uh, and she handled it with such poise and confidence that it was really awe-inspiring to watch um, because it's very hard, I think, to – Go in. I mean, people are also when you're the champion, you know, people are like, "When's she gonna lose? When's she gonna lose? When's she gonna lose?" Um, but she seems to kind of deflect all of that and just walks in there. And I was just, I was really just amazed by her presence there. Um, I don't know if I could say that say that enough. Um, and I'm, in all that said too, I'm just very thrilled for Marisol. I'm very f- thrilled for the league that we have someone like Marisol at the top right now, who yeah. isn't just some, um, you know, someone who. You know, there's there was talking you know, her path to the title, whatever, fine, but it it doesn't mean anything anymore because she's she's won three title matches in a row, defending twice, playing against Ethan Irwin, Chance Ellison, and now Griffin Newman. So you can't, you know, sure you might not like the path or think it was tough enough, although I I, I disagree. I think it was a pretty tough road. I mean, a lot of tough matches she had to play to get through, but then you know. Uh, I agree with she's, you. Completely. She's doing something I, that that uh, you know, the Shirewolves ended up doing was shutting up their naysayers about Sorry. you know this path. You know they didn't really earn it, but then Shirewolves you know took the belt, then defended it against critically acclaimed and who's the boss and shut those people up. I feel like Marisol for all those people, and I don't think I don't think it was a whole lot of people out there that were like oh, this, her path was eh. But if there were those people out there, she's really shut them up by yeah. defending this belt twice now um, in a row. I, I agree with you completely. I think the only part that you could even make a slightly sound argument in that, like, it was too easy case would be the Kevin Smith match. But, like, even, even then, that. it's Kevin Smith. And, like, he was, like, he was just having fun with it. And when he got a question wrong, he goofed. You know, like, yeah. it was it was still a hell of a match. And, you know, it's technically his first loss. So, you know, I mean, no technically about it. Like, he performed yeah. really well up to that point, And he was handed his first L. Um, and I, I agree with every word you said, man. I, 100%. Also, apologies for accidentally talking over you. Um, I do that a lot. 
But uh, yeah, no, this is an incredible night. Uh, now, in terms of plotline stuff, uh, the Wildberries are back. Hell yeah. Josh Makuga is out of retirement, it seems. Um, I they uh, got belts, they got t shirts, baby. <laughs> That's right. I didn't have time to like export it and uh, get it clipped out yet. But uh, at the end of the shows from now on, when we go to plug our T Public, we will be playing the clip of uh, uh, <laughs> Dewberry. Uh, yeah, Dewberry going, T Public, buy our T shirts! Uh, which was hysterical, and I laughed very hard. Uh, other big news. I'm going to actually, before I say it, I uh, I owe this to Travis to make the announcement on that one properly. He's back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> We're just going to spend just, the rest of this one in green light. I was, I was spoiled a little bit for that reveal. Because, again, open Facebook, being an idiot. And it was like, what do you think moment of the night was? And on it, like, the first one was Roka's speech. Or, like, Roka's entrance, one of the two. You know, I, I was only not spoiled for the Dan Roka match because everyone was talking about, oh, Dan's speech was great. Oh, Roka's speech was great. Roka's entrance was great. No one talked about the actual match. Um, but then it was like, yeah, Roka's entrance. Uh, Wildberry's reunion. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, so that's not that big. Wildberry's are back together. That's really fun. Kevin Smith. Ah. <laughs> so with, I with that led to the moment. The... That led to the moment because you know Marisol wins. Jared's having his. I get another one of these the yeah. shirt moments, and, but I knew what was coming, so I'm still standing there beaming. And he's like, "What are you? What are you so happy about?" And Chandru runs out and he starts his bit, and Jared goes, "Is this going where I think it's going?" And while he came out of the room, I actually, like, I brought two hoodies. I wore my other hoodie and took it off. He ran out of the room. I swapped them out of my bag. So he didn't know I had it. It's happening. I'm like, see, you might get another one of those shirts, but I get to wear this again. <laughs> Very nice. I So here's the funny thing. And, like. I still, honestly, when I say, is this thing going where I think it's going? I didn't want to like let myself get too excited that it was Smets. Um, because I had just, I, I saw like a random tweet. This is the only thing even remotely a spoiler. But I couldn't tell because of the verbiage. And it was actually Eli from In a Galaxy uh, who tweeted like a gif of Smets. And he just said something about like, you know, glad to have you back. Now, I didn't know if that meant like, he has an appearance. He announces his return. Like, I didn't know what that meant. If that was just simply like the community is glad that we have that you're home mm-hmm. or that like the father mucking smasher is back in here for revenge, you know, like which one of those that meant. And then I remembered like, as he walked out, I'm like, that's what Eli was tweeting about. Holy shit. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, during the, 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 the like winter soldier, screech coming out uh and the room looking like this oh god damn i'm so excited so i'm assuming what next season is going to look like when we get smets be chandru three yeah it would be it's probably going to be that as the number one contender we said the name of the show and 
than that winner versus Kalinowski well, two or three. That's, no, that's what I'm only assuming. I'm muting myself to blow my nose while you speak. I don't think uh, – <laughs> I, I don't know this to be true one way or the other. I do not think, though, that Chandru-Smets will be a number one contender match. Um, <laughs> it could end up being one. I don't <laughs> think it will be one. Um, you know, I think um, that's not – that hasn't been stated anywhere. I haven't heard that to be true. And I, I've talked to Kevin and Chandru, and it's never really – it's never come up that – it's never been come up in passing that that's been discussed. I think it might have been. I don't know. Uh, but not to my recollection at least. So I'm taking just a wild shot in the yeah. dark yeah. as well. I'm, I'm just rampantly speculating with nothing to base that off of, I should say. And to be honest, yeah. I don't think I would want it to be a number contender match. No. Um, you know, Chandru lost. Um, he shouldn't be that close. I mean, just Robert Parker just lost. I mean, he's going to be floating That's around true. the top. Um, so should Saul, even though he didn't have the greatest, you know, tournament final performance in the world. But uh, he will still be floating around. Um, there's other players like Chance and also Amaru, right? He's going to be yeah, floating around the top as well. Yeah, that's the top to get to a number one contender match is a little, a little crowded. So I think this could be in route to a number one contender match between Chandru and Kevin. I think that would make the most sense when you when you still have Amaru out there, Saul is out there. Um, I don't think you're not going to see Amaru and Saul play again um, to get back into a number one contender match. I don't think. But um, if it works out that way, it works out that way. Um, I mean, there's other players. Um, you know, whether it's Moose or Chance, even you know, getting a crack yeah. at it again. Uh, or Barbarian, you know, Barbarian as well. Who knows what he's going to want to do. Um, also, Alex Damon, right? You know, so he has a pretty good record in IG. Um, although he he had a tough tough out with Mike, um, uh, you know, a couple seasons ago. And um, he did take down Brandon Hanna, right, this year. <laughs> but um, Yeah. So you never know. But I think that Chandru Smets uh, match could be a stepping stone to a number contender. I don't know it'll be an outright number contender and not to mention there's a name that i can't believe i didn't mention right off the top mark and you know where is she going to fit in yeah. well as well with with this picture so yeah it's um, been a minute since she played yeah. that i keep forgetting that, like she yeah. is out of retirement you know yeah so i mean like, very well you could see a mara amaru match and a chantry oh, smets match and then those two winners, winners play a number contender match um possibly you know or maybe That's someone plays, true. or they play the winner of Parker. I don't know. There's a lot that we could, that that can happen next year that leads me to believe that that Chandru Smets will not be in a contender match. Not confirmed. I don't know that one way or the other. But I just um, the way I'm kind of like reading the tea leaves. I don't think mm-hmm. it'll be like that right off the gate. That makes sense. And then that's why I love having you on because my brain goes to like, what's the most <laughs> dramatic outcome? And then you're sure. like, okay, well, logistically, and I'm like. This is why you're actually a part of this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was incredible. I just seeing the crowd just absolutely electrify uh, hearing his return. I just, it makes me very happy he's back. You know, I was not expecting a, a return this early um, at all. Yeah. And I even think I heard he didn't even say on one of the after shows. He's like, I don't know when I'm going to be back. He's like, I'll be back when I'm ready to be yeah, back. Yeah, that was that was part of the plan. That was part of the plan. Okay, I clever all of you geniuses. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so sophisticated, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's there's something that's funny about it that like the the beauty of the movie trivia shroud are the 
are some of the moments where you can't tell where kayfabe ends and like real shit begins sure. i.e until like we saw chandra in a group picture travis and i couldn't tell how many people actually wanted to kill that guy like, like there was like, yeah the sold the it moment so of, well there was there oh there was real heat there for a hot minute for sure um but yeah i think yeah what a man i can't believe that was a thing that's funny. But like it, it moment, wasn't until I can't remember what match it was that we saw him sitting next to Rachel the, Cushing. The Mike Omri yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, that's there. what it was. We were like that's means they're okay now, maybe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or Rachel got home and was just like just really loud, you know, like one of the two. Like I don't know. Who didn't want to sit next to who? Or maybe they're all friends. I can't tell. And then Chandra was in some group pictures. I was like, are they friends there? Or are they all really good actors? I can't tell. Um, But like with Smets being like, oh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to come back. Like part of my brain was like, is that a red herring? And then the other part of my brain went, that's really vile for you to assume that he's setting something up. You need to stop. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, but you know, okay, well, he's back, and I'm not gonna complain. I'm glad to have him back. Um, super excited. Uh, moving into the future a little bit to talk about awards season. In your opinion, Frank, do you think that the dossier operation lived up to the hype and that Gucci does deserve manager of the year? Because I've seen a lot of people doing the whole lot. Because I've been very firm in the opinion of Griffey Nooms deserves player of the year and Gucci manager of the year if he's able to win both matches or at least one of them walk away with a belt at the end of this season and that Thomas Harper doesn't defend. But Tom Harper was the only rookie that night to defend. And part of me is inclined to say that he is rookie of the year. Uh, Again, in a massive field of incredible rookies, uh, I think this might be the hardest season to determine a rookie of the year uh, by several metrics. Um, But do you think that the... uh, that that the dossier has proved itself enough for Gucci to be the front runner for manager of the year the way it kind of seems like he is. Gucci is definitely in that conversation with Shannon and with Sam and um I think what the dossier all that stuff, you know, people say oh it was barbarians doing blah blah I I don't care. Um I don't I really I don't really subscribe too much to uh it's barbarian so therefore gucci is disqualified no it's not yeah greg to me yeah <laughs> greg. yeah <laughs> that's not, yeah uh that's not i don't subscribe to that uh line of thinking gucci is definitely in the conversation for manager of the year um will i vote for him i i honestly i don't know i'm having a hard time it's between him and shannon for sure um, and I got to give a lot of props to Sam for what he was able to do throughout the entire year. Oh um, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And the way he got, the way his, his faction played in every single title match this year, uh, he had opportunities, you know, 
um, the way that other factions didn't. In terms of the overall faction, um, I don't know if there was there was hype behind the exchange. There was more of a, a curiosity behind them, and would they would they you know would they fall flat on their face, or you know would they do the unthinkable? And so by that, they I think they surpassed all expectations, which. To be fair, wasn't that high in my estimation, at least. I didn't have I didn't have great expectations for Gucci and the exchange, um, but objectively speaking, when you look at what they did as a unit as a whole, they were the better overall faction for the most part. Because you look at the amount of wins, you look at you know how they dominated in their matches, you know, all the knockouts that they got. Um, and they implemented a strategy that had to go so pinpoint perfect that it that it was so i think unlikely to happen that it actually did happen even though they didn't come away with the the title the faction title they were up by 10 points going into spectacular to me that is more than enough to say that they're probably the most deserving of faction of the year uh, as a collective unit. I mean, what they did is incredible. Managing-wise, there's something to be said that Shannon has back-to-back faction championships um, and that she got chance to a title shot, that Marisol got to a title shot, that Mike is playing the best he's ever played in inner geekdom, that she also got corruption to another you know title shot. Um you know, Star Wars is kind of like the only area in which they're lacking. Yeah. But nonetheless, without that, even without that area, they are still faction. They repeat it as faction champions. Um, and that's a lot to do with what how Shannon works, you know, with her players and and how they operated this whole year to get to the point where they are at. And I think you could see that on stage, too, with, with the entire faction up there at the end of the night, just how close-knit they are. And I know a lot of the other factions are close knit as well. But to see it in up close and personal with corruption and the exchange for that matter when they were on stage, um, you know, I think there's a lot to take into consideration. So it's gonna be a very tight, tight vote and uh I'm really looking forward to uh some heated debates from you know in the next couple of weeks until we have the awards and the votes and all that. Agreed completely. I think one of Shannon's I would say in Maybe even like by a hair, slightly more impressive feat uh, than the back-to-back champion or back-to-back faction championships is the fact that this is two seasons in a row where not only was she able to get uh, a player to title shots and like to the end of something and like winning uh, either a tournament or a title, two seasons in a row she was able to have two of her own players duke it out for something. Sure, yeah, which like. I when the there this is the the corruption is the only faction that has had a has that has had two not even one two faction on faction matches that happened at the high level right you know the IG uh tournament corruption invitational and then Marisol versus Chance I think it's all very interesting stuff and hopefully before the Shmodown awards happen uh we'll be able to squeeze some time in with you to talk about that uh, but I do the Travis, you have any further thoughts before we uh, wrap this bad boy up on the exchange topic? No, I think Frank covered it all. I could see it going either way, you know, going into spectacular, 
that's you know that was the thing that bewildered me was you know that everything went perfect for Finstock going you know going into spectacular they're up ten they have two title shots to propel them even further on top of the fact that they did that without a single title shot like they didn't yeah. play a single title match to get there and they had that many points it was insane so you know that on its face is impressive it's also impressive that corruption had a combined uh what would that be three four uh seven title wins this season between marisol and mike mike yeah winning their belts and then defending a collective five times so it really could just go either way for me yeah yeah again this is a wild season like we said before uh number one contender isn't completely over until the next season starts uh but you know, it's going to be more uh, when there's big news, you will see our glowing faces. In the meantime, uh, we were very grateful uh, for everybody who's been listening to our first uh, season of Schmodown coverage. Uh, big thank you to Frank for coming on. Uh, quite for a, me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always an honor to have you on. Uh, with that said, Frank, where can the lovely people who already know where to find you, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FrankieJ29. That they can. Travis, who is streaming again, it seems. Where can the lovely people find you? Probably not again until after Christmas. We, we yeah, did one test one last night uh, where I did not have to grind my Beedoof to level 20 to beat the first gym. I was very happy about that. I'm beating the Pokemon Diamond remake with just a Beedoof. So, Big very fun times. Way. Um, they can find me on Twitch, uh, black leader four, three, nine again, probably not until after Christmas cause Christmas. Um, yeah. And on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Travis political Jared. Yes. Yes. Where? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dark Jedi, 2552, uh, celebrating this most wonderful of wins by corruption. Uh, and you can find the nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and on our website, www.nerdacademypodcast.com. Where, if you're feeling generous, you can donate to our Patreon page. Give me a dollar. Speaking oh. of our patrons, <laughs> speaking of our patrons, thank you to our ten dollar alumnus, Feige's Boomer Burner, Amarayu Shindeu, Nick Johnson, uh, the Waffle Wizard, and Delta Nine. Uh, literally, when I'm done recording this, I'm eating lunch and then I'm uploading. Uh, the latest episode of the KNR Patreon versus series. It's going to be Lord Hoth versus Darth Vader. Uh, and then once that is out, I have to finish making the versus uh, tournament bracket. And we will have the date for whenever we do that live stream. There will be another bracket uh, submission competition, and we will be doing two giveaways with that. There will be a Patreon giveaway where if you're subscribed to our Patreon at the $5 tier uh, and you win the bracket submission, you will get a shirt, a mug, uh, a mask, and a sticker. All from the TNAP, T Public stuff. And if you're not a patron and you submit one, you get a shirt and a mask. So uh, stay tuned for that. Once the uh, Versus Series bracket is done, I'm going to put that on the Patreon as well. And then a little later after that, so the patrons can get a first look at it have it uploaded to the uh, all of our socials. So it'll be on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you guys can save them and write on them however you need to. Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, 
do all the things. Thank you also very much for joining us. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, the Schmodown uh, season eight. Can't wait for uh, season nine, the reboot. It's gonna be a big nut bus and a smash cancer. Stop! Move away from the cookie jar.